0: And relax, this is Topop. I'm Charlie Clawson.
1: I'm Will Anderson. Hello and thank you for watching. And speaking of watching, Charlie, I'm mm-hmm. going to do this plug right at the top because yep. I'll forget otherwise. If you would like to, if you're in Australia and you I would like to I am in Australia. Watch, and some of our listeners are in Australia as they well. I'm <laughs> annoying you. guy who <laughs> slows <laughs> the plug down, but- No, that's fine. I'm happy with that. It's in- th- <laughs> Are you in Australia? Yes. Uh, would you like to watch my stand-up special, Willogical?
0: Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Um, what What day was that? Sorry, I'll just, oh, I'm busy. Sorry, busy. <laughs> I haven't even told you what the day is yet, oh, though. Oh, I'm, I'm busy forever. <laughs> I, this,
1: I tonight, right. if you are listening to this on the day that it comes out, uh, at 8.30 on the ABC, the national broadcaster, so you can watch my Logical special. In full, as I swear on the ABC, I imagine there'll be a whole bunch of complaints, but I'm off social media. Yes, but I'm off social media, so I won't see them. It's fine. Um, But if you missed it, or if you're listening to this after it is aired, it will be available on ABC iView, so you can watch uh, my stand-up special, What Logical? That would be great.
0: Um, We entered last week's episode with a beautiful story from Jason, an American who lived in Australia and had like a magical time and uh in the intervening time of episodes one week for you listeners five minutes for will and I <laughs> I've done a bit of searching and I was trying to find out did I get the correct translation because he'd written it phonetically and so I I basically reverse engineered some things and found out um that Jason has been posting on reddit uh, under a subreddit called ask me for a story so basically I don't need to read it again he gives a compressed version of the same story I had a wonderful time in Australia. And it's all mainly about this Swedish girl. I really feel like, like they had a connection. I mean, I'm so swept up, Kristen, so swept up in this story. Like he just, you know, he so reiterates that you know, um, even the sound of a door clicking today excites something deep inside of me. It gets a bit more melancholy when he goes back when I didn't have mortgages and loans and kids. <laughs> like, <laughs> I didn't know that he would be like that far into life. I thought because he wrote youthfully. I thought, oh, maybe he's like you know, late twenties. Early 30s, but it sounds like no. He's bit- reliving his youth. Yeah, I know, but I, I, I assumed his youth wasn't that far behind him because he had such fantastic recall. I mean, how good is your recall? Just say he was university age. How good is your recall of university age? Like, do you think I've, you could-
1: I've actually got a story that I can tell you just okay. briefly because there's not much to it? Right. Um, I won't. But I have been been recently uh, trying to just. Clean out a whole bunch of like. Part of getting off social media means that
0: burying hard drives, burying (laughs) evidence, like Ben Robert Smith.
1: Uh, Yeah, exactly. Burying things in the backyard.
0: backyard.
1: No, what I has given me so much extra time, and I've been taking some of that time to just get on top of my admin and life stuff. So some of it was, you know, just boring stuff like taxes and, you know, like passwords. I went through and sort of, you know. Redid some of my internet passwords because there's a lot of been hacking in Australia and stuff like that, and I discovered in my computer contacts list that every single contact that I've just ever had since I've basically had a phone or a computer is still stored in my contacts list, and so I've just been going through it and just deleting, you know. <laughs>
0: Like, Sorry, I thought the story was going in a different direction. I thought it was going to be perfect cue for a flashback of you, like, reminiscing, not you playing God and erasing people, like fucking the eternal sunshine of the spotless mind.
1: Well, a lot of it is genuinely he's this club manager from this place that I played, like, 12 years ago that I needed to have their details for the weekend yeah, that yeah. I was in that place. But a One-off. Yeah. So I have been going, but you, you actually are getting to the right thing, which is I discovered – The contact details of a girl that I went on a couple of dates with in Melbourne 25 years ago. And I was, it was amazing to me that I even still had her contact details. I just wouldn't imagine that. I mean, this is how much the internet remembers, how much everything that you've ever like put on there is stored somewhere for someone to find. And I was the someone who found it. And I found, and so I was like, okay, well. I've got to, like, you yeah, know, do a little bit of googling and see see if I can find what this person is up to these days. Because they were a really lovely person. I had, like, a very brief but very lovely connection with them. Like, went on a couple of really nice dates, you know, and, um, you know, have always – like, yeah, I've had moments in the rest of my life where I've always thought quite fondly of this person and wondered what they were up to. We you know lost lost contact almost immediately and and didn't keep in touch, you know, so so it was amazing to me that I had any information at all. And in fact, if you'd asked me without me finding this contact to tell you what their last name was, it was quite a distinctive last name, and I would not have been able to remember it. I remembered that it was distinctive but I wouldn't have been able to remember exactly what it was. But there it was, it popped up in my contacts. And I was like, oh my God, that's definitely that person. And I thought, well, it is a very distinctive last name. So I wonder if I Google that last name, whether I can find this person. And it turns out that I could, partly because they work at the same company that they were working at 25 years ago when I met them so they had just started out of that company and now they've risen through the ranks to one of the like top leadership you know positions in this company so and anyway married and you know has has, you know different name now and all these sort of things and but to the point where i was able to find a youtube instructional speech video like women in leadership that's cool thing that they had done and just like I didn't watch the whole thing because it was, you know, like it Don't was me. women in leadership in their particular industry and I wasn't trying to be creepy but was actually able to go, oh,
0: wow, like look at this person and look what they've done
1: with their life and it was love, yeah, it
0: was quite amazing. I get that. Like I, I haven't been to one of my high school reunions but I'll definitely check out the photos that people have posted. I think there's like a Facebook page for the last couple and be like, oh, fuck, yeah, and like trying to, and there's some people that it surprises me. Like I introduced two friends – Friends of mine who hadn't met each other, I introduced them yesterday, and one of them texted me afterwards, Adam Zwa, and he said, oh, your mate, Tim and I, we actually went to the same high school for a year, but we have absolutely no memory of each other. It was so weird. We are there same time, same year. We must have encountered each other, but we just can't remember. And then I started thinking about it and going, I reckon I could name 15 to 20 guys off the top of my head, and then I'd start to struggle. It would be just first names, probably more nicknames than actual (laughs) names, you know? And then after that, though, like there would be at least I had like 250 guys in my year level. There would be a, a huge, huge drop off. Um, but I love that kind of reaching into the past and just sort of seeing where did that person end up, or you know, not not f- with any motive of maybe we can no, reconnect. It's just like I mean, I'm that was yeah, it. No, I, had, how, no, I this- had
1: no intention to like you know make contact with this person, and also they've known where I have been. <laughs> Very publicly yeah. <laughs> for the last twenty five years. You're not so to fight. If if they wanted in any way to get in contact with me, they would have been able to do that. So I took that as them, you know, obviously having moved on with their life and not wanting to do that. So I didn't think that there was any value in trying to re-establish contact in any way. No, and that wasn't my intention when I went looking in the first place. It was, it was curiosity. But yeah, I did enjoy it. I must admit, I was like, oh, look at you, like, and I was the thing that I was really wrapped was I was like, oh, you're at the same company. Like, that's that just doesn't feel like something that anybody does these days
0: is, like, stay at the same company for 25 years. Well, because there are no companies. There's WeWorks. (laughs) Everyone's on, like, independent contracts. There's no companies. No – there's no, there's, the people only incorporate to not to not pay tax. I believe that's the only uh, motivation.
1: Yeah. well, stage. tax might be a clue to what sort of company it is that she was oh, really? and still is working at. But <laughs> I will give no further details. <laughs> it's funny. I had um, I by was by the way a massive thunderstorm is just hitting here. If people
0: can start hearing thunder in the background? I don't know. I can't hear that. I think um, okay. the thunder we're hearing is the thunder of the listeners' hearts because while we're on um, romances of the past and stuff, I just actually realised you, you talking about finding these contact details. There was I was the – in the same way that Christian for Jason was this kind of holiday idealised, I believe I was that for a girl in the early 2000s. I'm, when I was backpacking through Thailand, me and my friends met these three um, – Uh, English girls, three Jewish English girls who just come from Israel and were on the way back to the UK. And we hung out. We had a great time. Um, Nothing happened while, you know, we were hanging out in Thailand. And then one of them came to visit Australia and um, she came to Sydney. I'd just broken up with my girlfriend. I needed an excuse to get out of town. And so I was like, you know what, why don't we drive up? I've never been to Byron Bay. Why don't we do that? And I had no intention because we were just mates at that stage. And so we drove up to Byron Bay. And she was telling me her whole life story and how she's had the same boyfriend she's, since she was 15 and she's feeling a lot of pressure that this is the man she's going to marry. It's a very tight-knit kind of Jewish community. And, um, you know, she just really was uns- having, you know, doubts about it, you know, I've just been with the same guy. He's the first guy I've ever been with, blah, 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 blah. And we got to Byron and just had this amazing weekend of, you know, discovering Byron for the first time and being in, like, your early 20s. And we ended up sort of, like, making out and, you know, just sort of, like, I guess being boyfriend and girlfriend for the next like two days and her having this whole conflict of like oh my god like i'm cheating on my boyfriend this is a bad idea and me being like i'm not gonna say anything like this this deal's okay with me (laughs) so like uh you know sure i mean whatever you want to do is is fine with me but i'm not going to mess this up by saying anything Um, i wasn't trying to say hey come move to australia live with me (laughs) You know, like i think but if i am your awakening more than happy <laughs> to be that. Yeah, to, to you serve weren't that. saying
1: I'm going to base my entire life and life submission around meeting a Jewish girl and living in Byron Bow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I think
0: it was more that, and I don't think she was falling in love with me. I Gosh. think literally I was just a vehicle yeah. for her to yeah. work through whatever she was going through with. Like yeah. I don't know that I want to be with. Anyway, you were so her version of that Amish Romstager, rumsht- yeah, yeah. Oh, whatever <laughs> That's it's called. Right. I was her um, um, teenage dream, to quote the mm. great uh, Katy Perry. I was her teenage mm. dream. She's like, anyway. please be Gentile with me. <laughs> so, uh, so we kept we kept in contact for a little bit, but then ended up losing contact. And then I can't remember how long ago, but it felt like I'm going to say maybe five years ago. I get a message on social media, and I couldn't remember which one it was, but it was like, hey, it's me. Um, you know. You seem to be doing well, you know. I've seen you on your Instagram and stuff like that. Congratulations. Um, you know, I don't know if you know, but I ended up marrying so and so. We have three kids, but now I'm, is this you know, the same so and so? The original so and so? Yeah, the original so and so. Oh, yeah. Okay. So she she went she went back from me, and then rather than like mm. spreading her wings, was like, no, I'm I'm going to stay mm. here. So she was writing to me to say, hey, look, I want to don't feel weirded out. Like I'm not looking for anything. I'm just going through a bit of a life change at the moment. I'm reevaluating things. And I just want to make sure that I was remembering that weekend. Like you remember it. Like I guess she was having feelings like, am I idealizing it? Like, you know, if she's thinking about her sliding doors moment, you know, maybe I was the, bloke you know, that I wasn't the guy that she thought I was. Um, and I intended to get back to her, but it was like, I need to think <laughs> about this. Yeah. Because it's, a, you know, it's like a deep, she's going through some deep philosophical, you know, uh, uh, moment. I don't want to just be she's, like.
1: She's essentially living out
0: an Adele song.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I and I just write
0: back with an eggplant emoji, squirt emoji, lol. You know, like I want to give it some.
1: That that should that should have been what happened in hello. Should Dell should have been like hello, it's me. I was wondering if all these years you'd like to meet an
0: eggplant emoji, (laughs) (laughs) squirt, squirt. (laughs) Um, But I realised it. it sort of I just forgot it. You know, in the maelstrom of things that Mm -hmm. happened, and then of course. The last few weeks, because been travelling so much, I've been having. I've been going through like my social media. And I'm like, oh fuck, that's right. It just sort of occurred to me then, but I cannot, for the life of me, find what platform it was on, or I can't remember her last name. I just have her first name.
1: Truth it, was it on Truth Social? I know you spend a lot of time on Truth, shows, <laughs> <Yeah>. truth Social. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it was on a conservative dating site. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so I never, I've never got yep. the chat. I mean, I hope that she what found whatever answers she was looking for without needing uh, to clarify them with me. But I did feel like, oh yeah, right, that was. Uh, it was nice to be the uh, Kristen in that in that scenario. Um, so. Jason said that he thought she said, "du hock finna ergen, and he wrote it phonetically, D-U, hock, H-O-C-K, finna, F-A-N-A, ergon, E-R-G-O-N. So I did a bit of research, and I think the phrase he was looking for, because it's quite a common compliment, uh, apparently in Swedish, is "du ha vakra ogen, which is Uh, 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 It is Swedish for you have beautiful eyes. So the translation I put in was translating off the phoneticism. So it said you you are beautiful, you have beautiful eyes, but it's just literally you have beautiful eyes. You have beautiful eyes. Now, I maybe misread that letter last week, but I could have sworn that his whole – like what I found so poignant about that post – was the loss in Translation of it all, which is like, I don't know what those words mean and I don't know if I ever want to know. All I know is she looked beautiful as her head and the sun behind her. And, and that's what like inspired the romance of me. I'm like, I oh, want a beautiful scenery setting. But now I'm like, Jason, you knew what it meant. <laughs> you Googled it. You were more of a cynic. You were like, oh, no, he's definitely Googled it.
1: Well, I think that he was probably definitely Googled it. But – what I would also say is he talked about like being athletic and handsome and those sort of things, you know, back in the day, right? But your eyes, unless he's changed eyes, that's the one bit that would still remain. This, this is a good <laughs> yeah, this but, is a good compliment, right? Yeah. Like, because she isn't saying you've got rock hard abs or <laughs> yeah. like how tight your said, buns are. You've got fucked
0: up <laughs> eyes.
1: You've got fat eyes. Like is I'm, that an insult? Like – but that's – but no, my point is more that I'm just saying that of all the things about you that <laughs> you know, might still remain the same as they were 30 years ago, Yeah, your beautiful eyes, if it was her eyes that yeah. she was most – your eyes she was most attracted to, yeah. if she saw you today – and you look a lot different physically, but she could still see those beautiful eyes. Yeah. Then maybe that, you know, it would rekindle the spark. Yeah.
0: But he's a real, but Jason's a real butter eyes. I mean, you do him, but his eyes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you just, but you'd only look him in his eyes. That's as long as you just maintained <laughs> eye contact at all times and just stared directly into his eyes, you'd be fine. Um yeah,
0: so I, I was I was a bit crushed by that discovery that maybe he knew what it was, but I guess the story is still beautiful and I hope you're doing okay, Jace. You know what, mortgages and loans and kids aren't so bad. There's some there's romance in a holiday. There there's there's romance in your in your memories of, of that day. But exactly. if you had married Kristen, no doubt you still would have ended up with mortgages and kids and, and other shit to take care of.
1: Wipe wipe those tears out of your beautiful,
0: beautiful eyes. <laughs> <laughs> your you butter eyes. <laughs> uh now will a bunch of people sent in this article uh uh have you heard um uh, the story of the woman who the ai created woman who's haunting the internet Loeb? okay well i'm just going to share my screen with you because there is okay. some stuff that you need to see whether you All like right, it okay. or not okay. so uh lobe is or with all these AI creations, you know, where the computer is sentient, it it's telling me that it only wants love and all that kind of stuff. It's always like, no, it's just an algorithm, and it's just spitting things out. This is a, a similar kind of thing. I'm not saying that uh, AI has created a woman who's haunting the internet, um, but there are some interesting things to talk about. It's not that screen's not sharing with. Oh, okay, there you go. no, okay. yeah, okay. I've got up. Okay, yeah. So I'll just right. well, start. Oh, well, there she is again. <laughs> Meet Loeb. Loeb was created entirely by artificial intelligence. Um, An AI-generated character might not sound remarkable in an era of deepfakes nor manager of digital alchemy, but Loeb is different. She's generated by accident. She leaves an indelible trace in every image associated with her persona. So what we're seeing, and you'll see this if you uh, go to Patreon and watch the video, is a particularly horrific uh, AI-generated image of a woman. It it looks like a knockoff of a Blumhouse film horror movie poster.
1: Yeah, it's like if... um... What's – is it Hereditary? Is it got a bit of like – is that the movie I'm thinking about? It's like if Chucky fucked Hereditary and they had a baby. (laughs) That's
0: Loeb. Not even though uh, – okay. An AI character may not sound so remarkable in the era of deep fakes or manager of digital alchemy, but Loeb is different. Generated by accident, she leaves an indelible trace in every image associated with a persona. She's often accompanied by extreme gore and violence, and it's not clear why – not even those who understand this tech can explain what she's doing. Loeb was first discovered in April of this year by a 31-year-old artist named Steph Swanson, known as Super Composite. Steph was at home in Sweden, just being mm. fucking beautiful. Okay, interesting. Because <laughs> that's what they do in Sweden. Uh, experimenting with the many game-changing AI image generation tools, which are now publicly available. These tools produce original images that are based on descriptions you typed in, The day she was using a negative prompt weight, it's a technique which produces the theoretical opposite of whatever you ask for. So Steph's request was for the opposite of a Marlon Brando and it produced a business logo, this business logo, right? But then when she asked the AI for the opposite of the description of the logo, something unexpected happened. So she wants the opposite of the AI-generated image of Marlon Brando and then Loeb appears. I got four images of the same woman. Steph has never seen AI behave in such a way before. If you use negative prompts, a lot of times it's really varied. So it was really unusual to get a bunch of images of what was recognizably the same woman. You freaked out yet?
1: Not yet, because it could just be this program, right? It could be like something that someone has programmed into this program is if somebody does a double double negative, they get low.
0: Yeah, but don't you think – but the, with AI generation, this doesn't happen with any other kind of double negative. It's only this one particular one. So, yeah, you but think so s- far, the, on the evidence we have
1: so far, is this one person who works in this field using this one program and they've got lobe. So, this could just be something that is built into the system at this point. Like, is until there you a do it, so- <laughs> yeah,
0: okay, go on. That it's Lisa Loeb. <laughs> She's, well, if, if so, she's let herself go, I've <laughs> yeah. got to be honest with you. I mean, like, uh, <laughs> Reality Bites is making a comeback. Is that the song she had? Well, yeah. Turn the radio on, turn the radio off. <laughs> is that the one from Reality
1: Bites? wasn't there? No, it was stay? stay. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that's that right.
0: Yeah, st- yeah, Stay. Stay. That's what yeah. the
1: song's called. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, so the article continues. Steph said she'd never hmm. seen the AI behave in such a way before.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I recognised this immediately as an anomaly. She repeated the experiment straight away to try and test whether it was a fluke, and it wasn't. As I ran this prompt more and more, I kept getting Loeb. It was you like, know what the thing is, I just googled a picture of Lindsay Loeb, yeah. and it doesn't actually look that dissimilar to a Lindsay That is Like. It's horrifying. This is worth yeah. getting on the Patreon alone just to see what these images create. It does look like horror movie image. The woman in the image was always sad, sometimes wet-cheeked like she'd been crying, with her mouth half open, like she's sobbing, says Steph. Once she appeared next to some garbled text spelling Loeb, L-O-A-B, and this and the name stuck. Although in this one, she looks a bit like Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It looks like if
1: Lisa Loeb and Ozzy Osbourne had a
0: baby, <laughs> they would turn into Loeb. Stranger still, Loeb yeah. always appeared in the same location, a house with the brownish green walls alongside cardboard boxes, junk, and the occasional stuffed toys. So basically a set from any David Fincher movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Steph des- decided to try a different technique, and she crossbred Loeb's image with another image. She chose an AI-generated image a friend of made from the prompt hyper-compressed glass tunnel surrounded by angels in the style of Wes Anderson. <laughs> Sure, which, I mean, I know people tried to feed Tofop into these the AI uh, prompt, and it just it didn't come up with anything. <laughs> like, I think we broke, we broke the internet, literally broke the internet. But that's not a bad, uh, uh, that's not a bad simile of what you could describe Tofop as—a hyper compressed glass tunnel surrounded by angels in the style of Wes Anderson, <laughs> in the style of Will Anderson.
1: <laughs> w- w- Will
0: Anderson. Okay, we have got scary images here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For some, for unknown reasons, so this is after she combined Loeb with a hyper-compressed glass tunnel, horror ensued. Some of the resulting images are so graphic that Steph won't release them. She repeated the experiment, crossing Loeb with other images, but the horror persisted, suggesting the AI um, associates Loeb specifically with gore. And Loeb herself is also strangely persistent. <laughs> I've got some friends like that. Uh, Steph continued crossbreeding images of Loeb in an effort to dilute her visibility. So doubling up on the Loeb, obviously. Um, after multiple rounds of dilution, the original Loeb would would eventually disappear completely. It took a long time because Loeb always showed up, she said. But what was really interesting was that when I kept combining the images, I'd lost her from. I would eventually get to an image where she reappeared. So you eventually all roads lead to Loeb. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. Like you just keep adding those data points in. It's like she's the dominant gene. Doesn't that not scare you that there is like a ghost on the internet?
1: No, because again, I'm not even sure how like AI works, but it just
0: feels like it's like some sort of bug in the system, right? When Steph went public with Loeb, people reacted in a range of ways. The first reaction I got was that someone shouldn't mess with demons and then I'd be punished by God or something, which is that my does, reaction. That does seem a bit like your reaction. And then the next reaction seems to be like yours. Someone thought it was a fabrication while others just dismissed it as just data, so that's your reaction. So we've got both ends of the spectrum covered. <laughs> Steph is unequivocal in saying there is nothing supernatural about love. <laughs> okay. Good. But I also think that it's almost scarier than being supernatural in some ways because it is truly truly unknowable as the potential of AI is limitless. Another program, GPT-3, generates human-like speech, and we asked it to speak on Love's behalf by imitating her. Like AI generated genera- AI image-generated, this tool was trained on a data set as vast as the internet itself. What follows are excerpts of our conversation. So they've got this little audio. So I will ask the question and then we'll hear Loeb answer.
2: Who are you? I'm Loeb. I don't really know who I am or why I'm here. I just know that I appear in these images for some reason. Maybe I'm a figment of the imagination of whoever is creating these images, or maybe I'm some sort of digital entity that exists within the AI itself. Why are you associated with gore and horror? I don't choose to be associated with a gore and horror, it just happens. Maybe it's because those are the kinds of images that tend to get the most attention, and so I'm drawn to them for that reason. Is there
0: anything you would like to change about how you're represented in these
2: images? I would like to be represented in a more positive light. I don't think I should be associated with horror images because I'm not a horror image myself that this is ai and data and
1: what i said about the original thing these well, are pretty your computer is possessed these are pretty generic answers that ai would provide to these sort of questions based on any images like it doesn't it doesn't have to do with lobe at all the only thing that's making it seem creepy is that voice which again (laughs) is just computer programmed it's not like it's not like she's created if the ai didn't normally have that voice and it was the voice that it was using then maybe i'd come around to you we've got to burn all computers and tear (laughs) the internet down but this is like pretty generic stuff
0: One of the consistent themes in the law of imagery concerns the presence of disturbing synthetic representations of what appear to be maimed and dead children. So they ask the, uh, the, the, the dialogue generator again, do you think the AI is drawing on a specific archetype of woman in creating you?
2: I think the AI is associating me with the archetype of a mother because I'm often placed in a home with children. This archetype is often associated with being nurturing and caring, but also with being sad and domestic.
0: (laughs) If you are the archetype of a mother, then why are you so often surrounded by injured
2: and dead children? I think the AI is trying to create a contrast between the ideal of a mother and the reality of a mother. In reality, mothers often have to deal with sick and injured children as well as the death of children.
0: I mean, that is a pretty sophisticated take uh, by this AI. Like, you know when you go to an art gallery and they'll have like a little, you know, sometimes an extra painting a piece? To me, I I take as much from those as I get from this AI generated. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, the dynamics between the, the, the two images of motherhood Once being, you know, the the protector of children, but also having to deal with injured children, right? I mean, yeah, that is true. But again, that is,
1: it is an accurate summation. Like you say, this is an accurate summation. It appeals to me. The reason it's an accurate summation is that the AI is drawing on the information that is out
0: there and making an accurate summation of the world in which it sees things, right? Okay, but if that's the case, right? So the AI is basically taking opinions, every opinion online or every bit of data online that is about motherhood and creating this opinion on motherhood, which actually seems to be quite well-balanced and well-thought-out. So why does that mean we are, we are moving closer to like an impartial truth? Because if the computer is gathering all the data and said this is like on based on all the evidence and I've listened to all of you and like every chat room and and this is what you think about motherhood. This is the definitive statement, the impartial statement that you all have to agree with because it's based on all the data of the world. Well, yeah, but it's not. That's the truth, right? Like,
1: have you ever looked at one of those, um, you know, what your celebrity net worth or whatever, what you're worth, like they're run on the same sort of AI things and you know, it'll say that you're worth like $30 million or whatever because you hosted a couple episodes of Getaway. You know, it's it doesn't, like it isn't. How the fuck did it know that? <laughs> it isn't actually taking all the information in the world. It would be yeah. taking information from, like, yes, if you, I guess, one day had a supercomputer that was powerful enough that it could access every bit of available information and process it in real time which is what, you know, is happening in this scenario. So if there was something that was so powerful that it could go through every bit of information and then make a judgment in that time based on, like, all the available information, then I guess what you're saying is theoretically true. But how would we even be able to prove that that was happening? Because that is beyond our measurement. We would have to –
0: that in itself would be an act of faith, that we believe
1: that that is happening.
0: Yeah, we're basically creating, uh, yeah. it requires like a religion like faith. You have to believe that, well, this thing is smart. We know it's smart and it's more powerful. Is no different to, well, lightning comes down from the sky. So there must be somewhere, something up there that's bigger than us that knows what's going on. So we're just going to create a belief system based around putting our faith in that.
1: Yeah, I mean, basically this entire conversation was, we don't understand it, therefore the uh, the understanding of it must be, it's a
0: god! <laughs> yeah. It's a god! It's our new god! We worship you, Loeb! You're our new ruler! But do, I guess, I mean, I guess to answer my own question, then the system is also open to complete corruption. Like if I'm saying, oh, well it's got to be the most definitive statement but it's like well you don't know what resources it was drawing on maybe the algorithm can be geared in a way that it only scoops the opinion of one political viewpoint this is so when we talk
1: about algorithms we always talk about algorithms as if they are this altruistic thing that is based but they're not they're just programmed impartial. they're programmed by people who work at companies So the Facebook algorithm that points you towards specific stuff, like we know, you know, there's been so much evidence around like, you know, Facebook and how they can manipulate their algorithm to make you feel specific things or think specific things. Algorithms, you know, aren't just this thing that takes all the available information. They can be programmed to take specific, like this part of this information is important because we want to sell, you know, um, uh, razors Therefore, we are going to get the computer to look for you know specific things: people who have beards, or people who Google razors, or you know things that are in like people who are looking at your hair care, or any of these things that would be swept up by the algorithm. So it's not like the algorithm is at all times taking all pieces of information and then you know narrowing out those. Like there is a bunch of different algorithms. If there was at some stage some all powerful algorithm that was. Yeah, I mean, then you're talking about, yes, what people believe gods to be. And therefore, if that ever is the case, this is where it gets into that thinking of if it is possible that that could be the case, if one day technology can develop to the point where an algorithm could predict and run everything, then the argument becomes we are already living in that because if it can at some stage happen, then it must almost by argument already be happening, if that makes sense. Like, that that's one yeah. of the theories, I believe. Yeah. Like, again, I don't know enough about this stuff to really truly understand what that means. But I don't, I've never stopped you having an opinion before. <laughs> no, exactly. And I'm having one now.
0: But <laughs> no. but I'm just putting <laughs> the I proviso it, on that I am not an expert. I mean, it also sort of is based on the idea that they're, there are certain universal truths, you know, like I guess scientists would say, well, you know, there's like, you know, the laws of thermal dynamics and stuff, but even they are the amount of knowledge we have to this point, like in the future physics might change or they'll discover a new element or or things like that. So the idea that there would ever be any kind of like, like widely agreed upon facts, (laughs) Is, I guess, a fool's errand. Like, it will never be that point. Like, well, enough uh,
1: that we would hand over trust. And this is my fear around these things is that often we treat them as if they are like that. that they do have these sort of godlike. Facts powers. don't care about your feelings. A fax machine doesn't care about your feelings. <laughs> and we have a really super smart fax machine. <laughs> imagine a fax machine. Now, imagine it had the ability
0: to judge people. Yeah, it's a real judgy fax machine. Bit of a prick, to be honest. (laughs) He kept this newsagent up all night once.
1: So, yeah, but the idea being it still depends on who is programming it in the first place, right? So I guess this is like, you know, when it comes to uh, self-driving cars, this is one of the things that they're dealing with, right, is that if you have an algorithm in the self-driving car, do you program it to protect the person who runs out in front of the car? or to protect the person who is driving the car. Cuz even then you're making a decision. Now, what we're then imagining is a world in which an algorithm might be so powerful that it would make a judgment based on, "Oh, that's a kid that's running out in front of the car and that kid like, you know, um has a whole life in front of it, therefore its life might be more valuable, but the person driving the car has three children of their own, so if they like die it would ruin their life and then like so if you had a computer that was able to make all of those judgments, you know, about the value of everybody's lives in that time and make them in that instant of a second, then well, then we're not living in a world where we have any free choice or free will in the first place,
0: right? But also you've still got to think who programmed that car. The yeah. And what it, what values like how does the car judging like if it's like a, if it's some kind of numerical number assigned it's like well if you have kids they're worth an extra like mm. two points each you're worth eight points the but kids are worth two how
1: do you know the kids not going to grow up to be Hitler that takes off okay, a point okay right? two points I mean like it becomes this what if argument and you would imagine the car manufacturers their first priority is going to protect their customer the person who's bought the car over the person who hasn't yet. There would probably be another argument that it is it does more damage to the car company to run over a kid than it does to, I don't know. Like, I mean, these are, these are some of the ethical problems that technology is already presenting to us though, I guess. Like we are there where at least in part those conversations are being had. So how long to this point have you been off social media? Uh, so, well, when people are hearing this, almost a month. Almost a month, and yeah. how? And, but three how much, weeks. What, In reality, three weeks. Yeah. What What are the noticeable differences? Uh, here is my greatest fear about being off social media: that I absolutely do not want to come become one of those people who's constantly talking about how good it is to be off social media. Yeah, yeah. But I will. You're like
0: an ex-smoker.
1: Yeah, I don't want to be that person, and it is incredibly difficult to not be that person because, like an ex-smoker, I imagine part of it is that you just can't believe that you've put yourself through something destructive, that destructive for so long. And you're almost embarrassed by how much better the first week or so. So I went off in stages, like I took everything off my phone and I lived with that for a while. And then I, I, like was gradually getting off, like you know, Twitter and, and Instagram. I went through a period where I spoke about this with Dave Anthony, but um, I unfollowed everyone on Instagram. But I was, I still had it, like you know, able to post on it to plug things and and those sort of things. And that was when the algorithm. You were very aware of how the algorithm works because if you're following all your friends and stuff on Instagram, yes, you know that there are certain ads that pop up or if you linger on a particular thing, you will get fed more of it. But it gets diluted and hidden in between the actual posts and things from your friends that you are still consuming. But if you don't have any of them there and you're just getting a feed of what Instagram thinks you are interested in, on the first day, they're just – Lobe. Throb- <laughs> first day, it's, a, it's a blood-covered, horrifying woman. Well, at the first day, they're taking any information they can find and just throwing yeah. shit at the wall, right? Yeah, Here right. are some things based You're on like what You're we like know. This. Do you like this, this, and this? But yeah. the more you flick and even if you just pause over something – so I told Dave that the greatest example was I love a, a grilled cheese sandwich and there oh, was yeah. this like this. online chef who was making a grilled cheese sandwich and I watched the whole video and then just my entire feed the next day <laughs> grilled
0: cheese sandwiches. I love it. I love it. There is so much food porn on my Instagram (laughs) at the moment. that, like, That's what I was doing a lot of the time in downtime while I was away was I was just like, I don't know how the algorithm got into this, probably because I'm lingering on photos of how desserts are made. (laughs) But it's just like so many fucking food porn videos. If you just get this and you just crush this and then you just mix it in this and just blend it with that and then put some of this on it, it's just like, oh, boy, I'm loving all this.
1: Yeah. And I even went through a few days of – Taking it into the real world and making some of the stuff myself. Yeah, all right,
0: <laughs> yeah, you have radicalized.
1: <laughs> I did. I took action. Suddenly, I am
0: dipping bread in egg and putting it in the toaster sandwich maker. I um, I uh, was fed an ad one night that was um, a three-in-one charger for your your phone, your smartwatch, and your wireless earbuds. And I'm like, fuck, that's – because I hate having to, like, fucking find wires and blah, blah, blah. The idea of, like, it all being in one spot, I'm like, that's fucking great. It's on sale. Click, bang, boom. <laughs> got it set here. I've got it on the desk right here. I took it out and I was like, oh, hang on, wait a minute. So well, i got an iPhone, but I wear a Fitbit. Yeah. And my so, headphones are JBL. So that's I hope this is a universal fucking charge. Is it? No, it's of course not. it's not. <laughs> so basically I put a
1: hundred and fifty dollar iPhone charger. <laughs> no, now you've got to buy an Apple Watch
0: <laughs> and some beats by Dre. <laughs> so tell me though. I'm thinking like, so I've literally all I've done is unbox it, mm-hmm. realize my horrible mistake, yeah. and put it back in the box. And I'm like, what is the resale value on this thing now? Like I don't think I can return it. I think that's I'll be, you know, we've gone through this with the shaver. There's no returning going on. But do you think, what What do I have to discount if I'm going to put it on Gumtree? I paid one fifty for it. What am I asking? Uh, half. Immediately. What? Yep. 50%? I just fucking took the wrapper off the box. Yeah. That's it. It's, it's, like it's a, the same it, product. It's like a
1: brand new car. Like,
0: yeah, half of it's gone the minute you drive it off the lot. Half. I'm not fucking negotiating with you, mate. No way. I'm, in some, I'm hanging up the phone. Oh, it's tree. I'm deleting right. the app. You'll, you'll, be,
1: to- you'll be lucky to get half, by the way. Here's <laughs> what I'm saying. I think you're ambitious if you think you're going to get half of your money back.
0: I would rather not sell this and just, like, burn that. I'll burn another $150 right, yeah. in, right on camera. I'll do it on this show. <laughs> rather than take fucking half price. It's brand new. And yeah. it's good. It's a good
1: product. I just didn't read the fine print. Before you go all CLF on me, um, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I understand that. KLF? Yeah,
0: but oh, yeah, I went, but yeah, sorry. I changed it to <laughs> no, I, okay. I think there's a slight delay, not in our feet in my brain.
1: Yeah, so what happened was the KLF burned a whole bunch of money. You need to know a lot of information to get the joke that I was yeah. quickly making there. <laughs> the KLF famously burned a lot of their own money as a, a political protest. You said that not you political were, art prize art, protest. Well, art and political. It was a political art um, protest. And. Uh, that you said you were going to burn the money in front of me and then I changed the K and KLF to C because your name is Charlie. That was what yeah. I was doing there.
0: But, but I, for some yeah. reason I got a bit of dyslexia and I thought you were saying Cuddler for life. Yeah, <laughs> <At> CFL. <laughs> CFL, a whole different yeah. thing. Um, I, here's what I will say about being off social
1: media is yeah. I'm amazed at how quickly um, my brain adapted back to working properly. I thought it would take longer. Because when I took it off my phone a bunch of times, I still would end up checking my – like, you know, you go to check your phone or like – I am just amazed at how much more time I have in my day. I mean, wow. so much that I'm cleaning out my contacts file on my computer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <'cause> I'm <laughs> <running>. <laughs> Having three-hour daydreams about the Richard Linklater film your life could have been. I watched – I read the other day Bob Odenkirk's book, Comedy, 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 Drama, it's called. I've had that book sitting on my uh, shelf for, I reckon, three or four months. And the other day, I just picked it up at home and read the book. And it's so good. It's so funny, that book. And it's so interesting. And it's like... Thousands of good tweets in a row joined together. That's basically what a book is, guys. You should get into them. They're really good. But that's what I kind of realized was the amount of the equivalent of like going through Twitter looking for something good versus going through this book looking for something good, every paragraph of this book is something good and interesting. Whereas like the equivalent would be having to flick through like five, six, seven, eight, ten, twenty 10, 20 pages to get to that – one good thing yeah. and then it's like when you another. read
0: a celebrity's memoir and it's like where's the bit where they slept with their co-star yeah <laughs> flick through the first 30 but i don't need to hear about where you grew up so i've and
1: somebody said to me they said oh are you um like do you have an alt account or whatever are you like checking in i said no that's the great thing about it is i've stepped away entirely and like so I still exist there in like, you know, my management are going to run it and you'll still be able to see stuff that I make there and all those sort of things. But I was just amazed. I, I really underestimated the amount of time it was taking in my life. And and the way that you realize is, I, again, I, to use that like smoking analogy, it's like that person who like suddenly realizes they've got like – yeah. Or they can walk up a hill or they can realize that they've got 200 bucks in their pocket at the end of the week because they've stopped doing it. I felt like time-wise I've had 200 bucks in my pocket at the end of the week because I just suddenly am like, the amount of times where I've like, because I still get up in the morning and read the newspapers and do all that sort of stuff, do my work. And it'll then it'll be like 7.30 in the morning. And I'm like, Well, I've read all the newspapers. I guess I'll take the dog for a walk, or go for a swim, or something like you know. Whereas, like normally, you just then spend an hour and a half, yeah, scrolling on the phone, like looking at stuff. But the other thing is the the thing that I've realised is that it's very hard to spend any time at all on social media without seeing something that makes you feel negative, right? Like it can be someone's opinion that you disagree with you still see that when you're reading the newspapers and stuff but like so like i yeah read a joe hildebrand column about the victorian election that still made me mad but what i loved was it made me mad and then i walked away from it and got on with whatever else i was doing on the day i didn't go on twitter and see what everyone's responses to it were i didn't feel like i had to have a response to it i realized that it could just be like oh that's that was dumb He's a dumb guy. And then just like didn't need to share that with anybody. I could just get on with my day. And sometimes it's not even like that. It's seeing someone you like say something or get outraged by something or or over the top about something that you're like, oh, I just didn't even need to see them be them, someone I like, be that angry about something. That was having an effect on me. There's been a lightness in my world, like in the three weeks, four weeks that I've been off it that is... Yeah,
0: I've loved. You're making it sound great. I just think that I I would need someone to take over because I need mine for work. It's like I don't think my management – are you paying them extra? Are they taking a fee? Is it like have they hired a digital? No. they. I mean, they see, this is uh, – and again,
1: I understand that this is a privileged position, right, because I get the best of both worlds. I get to exist there like so that, you know, when we plug TOEFL, if we put up a clip, like one of the great things about – being a listener is going to be that they will have like a social media producer who's going to cut up clips of the show. We're going to have regular things to put out. They'll still appear on all my social media, but somebody else will be coordinating that on my behalf. And so you have more time to make things and you have to spend less time doing the admin of it. And I I absolutely know that I have – that's a luxurious position to be in, that I have somebody else who can do that on my behalf. Not everybody listening to this can – can, if they need it for their work, can have the luxury to do that. So, so A, there's that. B, I said to them, I said, if you want to put it in other places, because the truth is I was stuck, right? <laughs> so someone needs to take that line to out of context. <laughs> if someone wants to put it in other places, I'm all for it. But I was stuck because I'm like 48 years old. Like we've talked about this a lot. I was only ever going to be on from now on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. That was it. Like I wasn't going to be able to move on to – tiktok or whatever the next thing that be real or whatever the next thing that's going to come along but now i feel like i'm like oh well if you've got a clip from my you know stand-up special that you want to put out on social media i don't give a shit where you put it put it like on you know true social (laughs) i don't (laughs) give a shit like (laughs) you know it doesn't really worry me because i have nothing to do with it now and the weight that it is taken off me. Maybe some people would be curious. What I've been amazed is, is how, like, I mean, you know, I've had the book that's come out, Um, you know, I've got the television show, I've got like the stand-up special that's going to be on TV. You've got to be willing to walk away from seeing something positive as well, right? So this is the biggest sacrifice you're making is can I – we all know we can live without the negative, We just – can you live without the positive? Do you need the positive so much that you're willing to put up with the negative? Well, so far I am very pleased to say
0: that I have not missed the positive at all. Yeah, but what you have missed is videos of dogs watching TV. (laughs)
1: Yeah, see, right? What have I missed? Nothing. Like I don't feel like there's a hole in my knowledge. That's the other thing. I don't feel like, you know,
0: everyone's like, hey, you know, there's been like a world war. And I was like, oh, I, did, I didn't see that. I wasn't on Twitter. <laughs> uh, let's finish up short episode this week because we're going to jump off yep. and do a, a quick Patreon episode because we know we haven't put new episodes up there for a while. But there's been heaps of stuff going on on Patreon, full-length videos, mate. Um, it'll soon be receiving clean episodes of Tofop and Fofop for those of you who don't like listening to ads. So if that's when it's something you, you want to get behind and you can pay as little as a dollar a day. But there's also a bunch of other great content up there, lots of uh, artwork by James Fosdyke. We'll just finish this one, I think, Will. This is from, K- uh, I guess it's Kaya Kaja, K-A-I-J-A, K- a- I- J-A? K- Kaya, Kaya, Kaya. Kaya. <laughs> That was not a specific regional dialect or accent. So you can't say I'm racist because it was not it was nothing. It was I just invented that accent. Mm, the way that you've said that makes it <laughs> feel like it was racist. Um Kaiju, Colin Fop, we got a we
1: message from a Kaiju.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hello. You two have been an excellent escape for me for years now, and I just started re some episodes starting at episode 200. And one of those earlier podcasts, you put out a request for some of the craziest place people have listened to your show, which mm-hmm. is such a breakfast crew it is, isn't it? fucking topic. Where's the craziest place you've had sex? <laughs> Except we're two nerds. So it's like Where's, where's the, the craziest place, place, you place you've listened to a podcast? Podcast. <laughs> I've been listening to Charlie and the Wheel. Um, I've taken up scrambling the flat tr- the flatrions in Boulder, Colorado, meaning I rock climb up an easy, almost 45-degree chunk of rock without a rope or any protection. There's some potential of falling and dying, which gives, my, the, gives me the rush my broken brain needs. While up scrambling, I was listening to an old episode of the show in which you discuss your former producer Mike Howell's vasectomy and about... Flicking your producer's semen on audience members while Jesus. some high-end show goes on in the other room. So when we talked about flying him out for the Opera House show, and that to prove his sperm had no, it wasn't potent, we'll say he could flick it on the audience. Yeah. <laughs> that was only 200 episodes okay. ago. That was us, Will. <laughs> um, all this together. Means I was roughly a hundred feet above the ground with no protection from falling to my death, listening to two Aussie men talk about flicking their producers come on their audience. Um, I hope you get some content out of this. <laughs> yes, Kaya, we did. That's gotta be one of the like uh, weirdest place someone's listened to Top hundred feet off the ground with no um, protective. I rocks. mean, it feels like Kaya If she had died yeah. in that moment and like when she crashed her. Like her if she iPod laughed, paused like if on she- the exact.
1: Yeah, if she's laughed and she's like laughed always horrified by yeah. the way how I'd like to bad think laughed
0: <laughs> died doing what she oh.
1: loved. Yeah. Rock, rock climbing
0: and listening to a toy pop. so you wouldn't feel bad if that like when they found her ipod they found that it smashed and paused on the exact moment we're talking about flicking my cow's come <laughs> would you feel like that's the last thing that It'd be went great if a they wrote about the, it in the, the newspaper you know what I mean? Like (laughs) woman dies listening to men talk about cum on their podcast. Weird headline. (laughs) I need sub edit. Really, I mean, it would be one of those things
1: that you can imagine if she had like a conservative family that they would, like, you know, start to campaign for us to be shut down because, like, we had like led to the. Yeah, I mean, look. Here's what I would say: is like, it would go against our credo of keeping people living.
0: And laugh, <laughs> laughing, laughing and living. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, laughing and dying doesn't have the same ring to it. Um, that's TOEFOP for this week. Uh, we'll be back next week, I'm pretty sure. Um, Taking a little break over Christmas and then we'll be back in the new year, new year with all new episodes of TOEFOP. I'm Charlie Clawson. Uh, oh, sorry.
1: Can I just quickly oh. plug some stuff while we're here? Um, oh, yeah. Uh, my book, I Am Not Fine, Thanks. Please. <laughs> You've
0: waited until the very last minute. <laughs> no, sorry. I didn't, didn't realise
1: you were just about to go. I, um, I was giving
0: the total wind-up stuff. Oh, anyway, no, okay. please yeah, No. Well, I
1: thought you were going to do plugs. Like, like So that's okay. normally when we do that. So, please still buy my book. Buy it for someone for Christmas. I Am Not Fine, Thanks. Um, question everything. All the episodes are now up at, when you're hearing this on ABC iview. And for listeners of Two Guys, One Cup. Up, you will be very amused by who our uh, Australian comedy legend guest on our final episode of Question Everything <laughs> is. I think you will find that very pleasing for you. Um, and uh, But if you would like to watch all those episodes, that would be really cool. And, yes, um, uh, I, for Patreon listeners, of uh, people who are still subscribed to the Patreon philosophy, which there are some people who are still subscribed, I am going to post – uh, if I have the recordings, because I haven't, obviously, I don't know when we're recording this, but as long as no, nothing's gone wrong with the recordings from the <laughs> Sydney Opera House. <laughs> Only someone who works on Toy yeah. would say that. Uh, I am going to post those recordings time. on the Patreon page for the people who are still sub- subscribed to the Patreon page.
0: Awesome. Okay. I'll do my son up again. Right. I'm Charlie Quarleson. I will. I'm sorry. <laughs>